walking in your purpose. Look at the power. Look at what you're getting done. Look at what you're doing. And, and sometimes we're not present enough in the moment to recognize it. Mm. So you need somebody to recognize it for you, to point you, point it out to you because often you're so busy in the moment and in the minutia of what you're doing that you don't think, wow, I did this and I did that and I did this. You know, like you, you almost should pause and add to your, even if it's not your actual CV or resume, you should have a place where you're recording the things that you're accomplishing. And every once in a while, you should take a look at it either to encourage yourself, um, to remind yourself, or, you know, to just be present and be thankful to God for all that God's actually doing yeah. in your life, right? I'm Ashley White, the host of Joy on the Journey podcast, season three of Joy on the Journey podcast a weekly podcast all about defining, finding, and maintaining joy on the journey of life. Y'all, I am so excited, so, so excited to introduce to some of you and really to highlight to everyone today's special guest. I have with me Minister Tamla Wilson. Y'all, listen, I could run through her full, full bio, but we would be here the entire episode. She is accomplished in so many different areas, but I was introduced to her as the founder of The Waiting Room Infertility Ministry. She has also founded Cape, Capes Off, Mask Off, which focuses on self-care for black women in ministry. She has a passion to help people birth, both literally and figuratively, and overcome the struggles that have held us hostage, y'all. She's gonna help us Talk about your purpose, your power, and your passion. Minister Tamla, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. I am excited anytime that I have a minister on the podcast because I know it's going to be helping and healing, but also wanting to know the story of how you got into ministry. But before we get there, we kick off every single podcast by asking, how do you define joy? So I define joy, obviously, as a minister from a spiritual perspective. And my joy is connected to my relationship with God. And so my joy comes from, from things that come from God. So whether it's a blessing like my children, whether it's, you know, successes and different things. I believe all of that comes from God. It's all tied to my relationship with God. And so because it's tied to my relationship with God, it's something that I always have. Mm. I always have joy. Mm. No matter what situation I find myself in. I'm like I'm a little like Paul. Prior to completing seminary. Seminary. Mm -hmm. How would you have defined joy? You know, that's interesting. It, it was pretty much the same. I'm I'm from a family of um my, my grandfather was a deacon. I grew up in the church. Okay. So when I was two, I used to sit on back in the old Baptist church, what was known as the deacon row. Okay. And I would have my, I don't know if now I'm really going to date myself, the little white hard shoes that babies oh. used to wear and my mm -hmm. pacifier up on the deacon row or my bottle with my grandfather. So I've been that way for a long time. Joy has always been connected. And, and any time that I found myself prior to being in ministry, when I wasn't in a place of joy, I could also trace that I had grown distant from God. Mm. So always connected to God. So in those seasons where you felt distant mm -hmm. from, 
from God. What was the pull or the, the string that brought you, that drew you closer in? It was recognizing that I didn't have the joy, that I didn't have um, the connectivity, and as a result, um, creativity, um, just general peace, I didn't have that. And knowing that I wanted that, I would always find my way back. Mm. So, but I've had, you know, I was doing some writing at one point, and it seemed like my writing just, you know, dried up. Mm. And I felt like, you know, has God left me? And, and then I realized, no, God's in the same place. It's you. Mm. And I brought myself on back. <laughs> and God helped me, of course. But That's so interesting, too, that you have identified mm -hmm. that the source of your creativity came from God. Everything. Mm. When did you realize that you were creative? So I've been creative from a long time. I've, I was, as a little girl, um, I would make up stories to tell my grandmother. Um, I would, my friends and I would create whole commercials and like variety shows. I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. So in the summer, I would go see my grandmother and we would be out, you know, on the front and just making up whole variety performances. And so I've always loved that kind of creativity. And then I love to write and um, coming up, you know, you, you think there's two jobs. You could be, well, three, maybe a lawyer, a doctor, or a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wanted to go to law school, but I was majoring in business at the University of Texas. And I worked in the, one of my many jobs, I worked as a mini lobby um, teller. And I waited on off, often some um, lawyers in our building. And they were asking me, they would, you know, develop a relationship. I was there for several years. And they said, so how's school going? And I said, well, I'm in this business. And they were like, well, what do you want to do when you graduate? I said, well, I want to go to law school. And they were like, you don't have to major in business to you know, go to law school. They were like, what do you like? And I was like, well, I love English. Hmm. Um, and they said, major in English. It's a, they said, that's an excellent degree for law school. It helps you with, you know, you learn your reading, you're um, critiquing things. You know, so I changed my major to English and did very, very well. But um, the creativity around you know, writing papers and all of that always there hmm. yeah. so law school you mm -hmm. had a passion to be a lawyer I did did you pursue that I did not I, I was uh, I applied to the University of Texas Law School I only applied to one school okay got put on the wait list and decided that I would work for a year until you know I could apply again and that was at State Farm and uh, that one year turned into nine. Mm. So, and now I don't have any regrets. Um, I know a lot of people that are very successful as lawyers. I also know quite a few who are not practicing, who just went probably like me because they thought this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't have any regrets about that, but yeah, I, I'm, I did not ever go to law school. Mm. I love the message in that though is being open mm -hmm. to the shifts of life mm -hmm. and how God will move you when the seasons are ready to be yeah. moved. So it's funny that you say that because I, that is part of my kind of motto okay. is that I live my life open. Mm. I walk around just like, okay, God, oh, is, am I supposed to, it's okay, experience that? Okay. I don't know what it's going to lead to, but it seems like you want me to go in that direction, God. So here I am. Mm -hmm. So I just live my life open and it's, it affords you so many opportunities and small unexpected blessings to just be open, to not just have your mind 
shut, you know, on something. Now, if God gives you a, a vision, I'm not saying you shouldn't be focused, mm-hmm. but if God is saying, God is still um, unfolding the vision he has for my life. So I feel like I have to live it open because I don't know which way he's going to come with the blessing mm. or the or the guidance or the direction. So I just live my life open. So Oh, that is such mm-hmm. a blessing. And I'm sure that is freeing and helpful to so many people, mm-hmm. including myself, <laughs> who you feel like, oh, I got to figure this out. It has to go this particular yes. way. And I think so often we box God out. Mm-hmm. Because he's trying to move us into the openness. He's right. trying to move us into really trusting him. Right. So someone once shared with me, we shouldn't try to put God in a box because he made the box. Mm. So God's bigger than a box. He doesn't fit in a box. And when you try to fit what his vision is for your life in a box, you limit what God wants to do for you. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. So I want to shift to... Almost 11 years ago, mm-hmm. or I think it will be 11 years mm-hmm. this year, almost 11 years ago, you held a very lucrative career in the financial industry, working at some of the most prestigious companies that we would ever know about in the country. But you felt compelled, almost convicted mm-hmm. to move into ministry. Mm-hmm. And I want to know if you could think back on that year. What were some of the thoughts and feelings that you were like, I just can't deny this? Yeah, so when God called me into ministry, I was very resistant, as if you talk to ministers, most of us are. And even once I came into ministry, I accepted my calling, and I was licensed. I still didn't know exactly what I was supposed to be doing and what that was supposed to look like. And all I kept hearing from God was go to seminary. Mm. And... I was resistant to that for a while, and then I was convicted at a conference that God was telling me to go to seminary. And so uh, once I got into seminary, the seminary that I initially attended, my degree is, uh, my seminary degree, my um, master's is from Fuller Theological Seminary, um, as is my doctorate, but my initial um, progress was at um, Perkins School of Theology, SMU. Um, They have an extension program in Houston, and that's where I started. And they had a requirement that you had to get, um, you had to intern for nine months. Mm. Most people can intern for a summer, to intern for nine months. And the job I had at the time was with J.P. Morgan Chase, and they were like, we can't hold your job for nine months. We can't make that promise. So I left. And it was a, an extreme act of faith, mm-hmm. you know, trusting God. And, you know, he's never failed me yet. Mm-hmm. He's never failed me. And so I left um, corporate America, I thought, forever okay. to finish up seminary. And I thought to go work full-time in ministry. And as I was finishing up seminary, short story, I was pregnant with my second child. And I would have had to go to Dallas for... Um, the last 24 hours of my degree and in order for me to um, do that I would have started late and they couldn't allow that at least the dean at that time said that Mm -hmm. and so um, because it might affect their accreditation if I wasn't there in class whatever and he actually told me this older gentleman that maybe I needed to be home taking care of my kids (laughs) (laughs) so anyway (laughs) later another lady became the the dean and she was trying to make it work but in the meantime I had gone and spoken with Fuller Theological Seminary 
and they they didn't have a so there's extension programs and then there's a um I can't think of the, t- the term right now, but basically where you can get your full degree and never have to go to the main campus. Gotcha. And that's what Fuller had. And so a satellite. So um, I went over to Fuller, had a conversation with them. They accepted every one of my credits. Mm. And so I still graduated around the same time that I would have had I stayed at um, SME Perkins. And that was an adjustment for me. I have to say that I think that for some reason I had some pride attached to going to Perkins School of Theology. Mm. And then I found out that Fuller wasn't bad. It had some great um, graduates from Fuller as well. So I, I transferred um, to Fuller and finished there and thought, again, you know, that I was done with corporate America. And then I ran into a friend of mine at a UT, um, University of Texas, a black alumni event. And they were looking for some people at the firm he worked at to um, somebody to help them get some things across the finish line. Um, and it was temporary and it was part-time. Okay. And he was like, I don't know what's going on in your life. And me, being me, you learn. Um, I was like, oh, well, I've got, you know, I'm finishing seminary. I've got a toddler and a newborn, but sure, I could do that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, why not? Because I live my life open. So I started working there um, at a firm called Bridgeway. And... The more I was there, I thought the story of the firm was so amazing Mm. that I wanted to make introductions because in my prior career, I was also with um, Smith Graham and Company, which is a Houston-based money management firm, black-owned, and I'd made some great connections. I was head of business development, and so I said, I'd love to make some introductions, and then they said to me, well, we had something more permanent in mind, and the relationship that I've had there has been amazing because when I was ordained after completing seminary there were more people from my firm Mm. than there were my family and friends I had family and friends there but my almost my whole firm showed up for my ordination wow yeah and so that's how God shows you if you just trust me I'll put you in a position that was better Mm. than what you were in before if you just trust me right if you just step out on faith I needed to I needed to see that you could trust me, mm-hmm. and now I'm gonna bless you in a different way, mm-hmm. in some way, a better way, because this firm has a, a servant leadership culture. And so um, when I first started, I told myself, I feel like I'm back in seminary, mm-hmm. you know? So so it's been, it's been a real blessing to work and be back and work somewhere that respects um, that I am in ministry and that I do have these other things that I pursue and they don't take away and they actually add to me as a person and help me be a better um, servant leader mm-hmm. at work. So, Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, because oftentimes we do, you know, as we said earlier, I love that you are living your life open. Because mm-hmm. what that also shows others, like, oh, okay, well, you can do this, this, and this, yes. that God will add to your life mm-hmm. in abundance and then give you the strength and wisdom um, in order to perform in every way as your full self, be yes. your full self, and honor God yeah. through it. Um, yep. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing. Yeah. One of your taglines is to help people tap into their passion, power, and purpose. Mm-hmm. And I want to know for you, how important was it that you identified those three areas of your life? 
it was very important and, and I'm still doing it. I think it's an ongoing uh, thing. So I knew that I wanted to help. I love helping people. I love connecting people. When I meet somebody and they tell me about what they do, I'm like, oh, you should meet someone so they could help you do this or y'all could connect. That's what I love to do. So helping people realize that, but for myself, recognizing that about myself and having to figure out that initially that might not be what pays my bills, mm. but it's still a gift and it's still something I should do. And I was recently told by someone, you know, you got to use those gifts for yourself too. Mm. And I, I do to a certain extent, but I also believe that that is really something that God has put into me to help people. It gives me joy. Mm. It does. It really gives me joy to see people. When I'm on my live um, talking, you know, giving my word of the day, when I see somebody in the comments put, I really needed this, or this has really helped me, or you're really blessing me, that, I mean, that is the ultimate for me. And, and it's not that I think it's me. Mm -hmm. I know it's coming from God, but to, to know that I'm being obedient and to directly see in the moment that somebody's being helped by it is it just it blesses me. So knowing that um, that's what I'm passionate about and knowing that I have this power in me, you know, that's greater than what I can even imagine. Right. Because I think a lot of times we limit ourselves. And so when you're and it's really it's it's passion, purpose and then power because you're you you find out what you're passionate about. And then when you start working towards that and you're in that purpose, you start to see how powerful you are. You start to see how you're speaking life into people's situations, right? That's power. Yeah. That's power. Thank you so mm -hmm. much for sharing um, because that really inspires. When I read it, I was like, yes. Mm -hmm. um, because I think it's sometimes you have passion, mm -hmm. but that passion really isn't linked to a purpose. No. And so you're just kind of doing, going through the motions. Yeah. But when all three are connected mm -hmm. and you know for sure, for sure, right. this is not only bringing honor to God, but it's helping somebody yes. else. Yes. Uh, it makes the long hours, the difficult yes. moments, the seasons worth it. So I do spiritual advising. And one of the things, if, if a person is not already there, that's where I want to help them. But when they're there and I'm able to help them to see how they're powerful mm -hmm. you know you're you're you had your passion you're walking in your purpose look at the power look at what you're getting done look at what you're doing and and sometimes we're not present enough in the moment to recognize it mm. so you need somebody to recognize it for you to point you point it out to you because often you're so busy in the moment and in the minutia of what you're doing that you don't think wow i did this and I did that and I did this, you know, like you, you almost should pause and add to your, even if it's not your actual CV or resume, you should have a place where you're recording the things that you're accomplishing. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, you should take a look at it either to encourage yourself, um, to remind yourself, or, you know, to just be present and be thankful to God for all that God's actually doing yeah. in your life. Right. One of the activities that I do is, um, it's a workbook called Year Compass. Mm -hmm. 
And what I love about it, and it's a free, if you go to your, I'll drop the link in the description. But what I love about this workbook is it walks you through, or if it kind of walks you through an activity to look back on the previous year mm -hmm. and write down all the great things, mm -hmm. those dinners that you forgot about, right. but were so impactful. Those good phone conversations that you had with a good girlfriend. It's like, oh, I needed that. Mm -hmm. um, the trips and different things. But so often we're just going and we don't take the time to look back right. and go, God, you did that. Mm -hmm. God, you, you did that. Because so I want to encourage everyone to take the time to really pause and right. look back and consider the great things that God is doing. As I mentioned earlier, we met at Willer Avenue Baptist Church mm -hmm. um, where you lead the waiting room uh, ministry. And I want you to share with the audience the intention of the ministry and why you felt called to it. Sure. So my journey um, to being a mother was one um, that was filled with infertility, um, primary and secondary, which means I was had infertility the first time I tried to get pregnant and also the second time. And so I was giving a, a sermon um, during my internship. And in the sermon, I was talking about faith, um, Hebrews 11. And as I was preaching and looked out into the congregation and I could see men may have been too, but I saw the women mm. tearing up and God just put it on my heart that we needed to have an infertility ministry at Wheeler. And so I went and talked to Pastor Cosby about it, who is the pastor, Dr. Marcus D. Cosby, the pastor of Wheeler Avenue. And um, unbeknownst to me, uh, Reverend Dr. Stacy Edwards Dunn had reached out to him. She's mm. kind of like the executive pastor of uh, Trinity in Chicago. Okay. And she has an organization called Fertility for Colored Girls. Mm. And she had been sending him things, you know, you guys should be acknowledging Infertility Awareness Week and you should be doing this. And so when I went to talk to him, he passed me this email that he had gotten from her. And I didn't really look at the name. I just kind of saw it. And so he basically was like, go and do it. And I've been very blessed that I've been able to have kind of free reign over the ministry. And it has grown. Um, every person that works with me in the ministry has had some experience or some uh, part of the journey of infertility. And we have had numerous babies come out of the ministry. We have some people that are still in the journey. This year, we gave our first grant mm. um, to a family. And we have just flourish we now have a budget at the church you know <laughs> initially it was me buying food and flowers and gifts to give away out of my own pocket and I never it wasn't that the church wouldn't have done it maybe I just didn't even think to ask about a budget I just was doing it you know mm -hmm. because it was a labor of love and we even have one young lady who works with us in the ministry who um, will never be able to give birth but you know, she obviously she can be a mother still, but she won't be able to give birth. And she's a leader in our ministry, and she's a great example of people being in the waiting room. is not always about having a baby. Mm -hmm. It's it's giving birth to something that God has given you an idea. She is a um, doctor, um, a pharmacy, and she's doing functional medicine. She started her own business, mm -hmm. and she's doing phenomenal with it. And she's had so much personal growth. When she came to the ministry, she was very angry. And I'm. this is a story she shares, mm -hmm. so I'm not sharing out of turn. But she was very angry, and I just told her, I said, keep coming. I said, God can handle your anger. Mm. 
And so I do a lot of, we have the ministry, but I do a lot of one-on-one phone calls and texting and meet up with people to encourage them. Um, and it, it, it is a joy for me to be able to have that um, privilege and responsibility. So um, really want people to, and I, and I say this to each person that comes into the ministry, we're going to pray for you that God gives you a baby. But we're going to pray even more that whatever God is trying to birth in you, that he will, you know, it will be successful mm. and that you will recognize it. Because it's not always about that. And sometimes it's about that and something else. Mm-hmm. Like you might become a mom like me. I became a mom, but God had so much more and has so much more that he's still doing with me. Mm-hmm. Thank you so. so much for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you so much for your your service. Um, that you've committed your testimony to to bless others, to mm-hmm. know that they are not alone. You have created um, a safe haven for so many families. It's like, I don't know about this. And especially in the black church, we're talking about infertility, talking about women's health is, is now becoming more of a... Um, co- is coming becoming more common. Mm-hmm. But I think in a traditional black setting, you know, we don't talk about house business outside of the house. And, and sometimes we don't talk about it inside the house. So, so many women in our ministry have come forward, and even the men, and find out later that their mother had, you know, um, miscarriages or fibroids or that, you know, the, the fathers had a hard time, you know, becoming a dad. And they don't tell them about it, and they're way in their journey before they find out, which would have helped them had they known. So mm-hmm. we don't. We don't talk about a lot of stuff, but we're very, very blessed to be at a church that that ministers to the total person, truly, that's very open to that. You're right. There's not a lot of churches doing what we're doing. And, you know, the maternal health issue is also becoming much more prominent. Um, I was recently asked to serve on a committee that a statewide committee for maternal health and, you know, children's health too, mortality. And so I'm excited about that because it's things that we should have been talking about mm-hmm. that we haven't been talking about. Yeah. And I mean, even with uh, infertility, there's so many women that I, you know, if I could tell them one thing, it would be save your eggs, mm. save your eggs, because you don't know we're, we're pursuing careers and life choices and different things. If, if you have your own eggs saved at an early age, you take away some of the stress. Yeah of, you know, when it's time and is my clock running out or whatever the conversations mm-hmm. are. So that's my encouragement to anybody that's looking at this. If you're young, save your eggs. Yeah, <laughs> that's important. It's so yes. important that we take care of ourselves mm-hmm. both now and mm-hmm. um, in the future. One of the things you told me, and I'm not even sure if you remember saying this, I had attended a waiting room um, ministry meeting, and you said – this is a space that's not just for women experiencing infertility, but for anybody in the waiting season. Mm-hmm. And I talked to you about, I wasn't sure about my desire to have children. And you said something that has stayed with me. Oh God, this had to be probably 10 years oh, ago. Wow. You said, bring your desires to the Lord. Mm. If you pray heartily over your desires and then release them to him, he will bless them or he will remove your desire. Mm. And I want to thank you for mm-hmm. that publicly because oh, I'm going to cry. I know you can make um, me cry <laughs> because it was so freeing. Mm-hmm. 
you were the one of the first people that gave me the courage to go honestly before the Lord and say, I'm not sure if this is really my desire or if I just see it and I think, yeah. well, this is just what I should be doing as a woman, as you know, yes. someone in my 30s, mm-hmm. then this is just the next step. Right. So I want to thank you for welcoming, welcoming me in that space, but also giving me the courage and the power to take those desires to the Lord and release them to him. Well, I want to commend you because that is probably one of the hardest prayers. Um, I, I prayed it and I said, you know, God, you said in your word that you would give me the desires of my heart within your will. And I have this desire. I said, so God, if it's not your will, take away the desire. Mm-hmm. I can be happy without children. I knew that. Mm-hmm. You know, I love fabulous shoes. <laughs> I love to travel. You know, mm-hmm. I love eating out. All of those things which have you often have to minimize or take a step mm-hmm. back from as you become a parent. And so I said, God, I can I can let go, but this is my desire. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm basing this on your word. And I remember telling my then husband, um, now ex-husband, that um, we're going to have a baby. Hmm. And he said, are you pregnant? I said, nope. And he was like, okay. And I said, I have beseeched the Lord. I've gone before the Lord and asked him to remove this desire, and he has not. And I said, so we're going to have a baby. Hmm. And I think within a year we were expecting and had a baby. And I don't, I don't want it to... Um, it's it's a different prayer and people don't always hear it. So I'm so glad that you heard it exactly how I said it because God answers prayers, but sometimes the answer is not mm-hmm. the one that we think we want to hear, yeah. but he will release you. Mm-hmm. He will release you. If you go to him with a sincere heart, wanting his will, he will release you. And it's freeing. Like mm-hmm. you said, absolutely, it's freeing. So, mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that yeah, with me. I wanted you to hear that and know yeah. that you made an impact. Um, as we speak about waiting, your waiting posture mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. What have you learned through your various seasons of transitions, the various, you know, waiting for different opportunities? What has been maybe two lessons that you're like, oh, if I wish I had known? <laughs> That's a good question. So um, I was... I. I think that for me, I feel like you're recognizing that you're almost always in a season of waiting. Mm. There's always like you're still alive. There's something else to do. So not having this great expectation that, you know, I'm just waiting on this one thing. And when this one thing happens, then I can just, you know, everything's going to be different. Well, it may be different and then something else is going to happen and something else is going to happen. So not putting so much um, pressure on the next thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just being like present. I think that's that's really important. And then, again, for me, is being much more open and, and intentional at the same time. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is... While I don't know exactly how God is going to move in this next phase, I do know that there are some assignments that he's given me. There are, um, you know, working on sermons, 
you know, finding different ways to reach his people. I have, um, when asked during my um, ordination catechism, what was my calling? And I said I was called to non-traditional pastoring, which basically means I feel like I'm supposed to pastor, but not necessarily in a brick and mortar church. Mm. So I, I'm to reach people who might not otherwise go in a church. Yeah. I'm to reach people, you know, where they are in whatever space I find them. I have been in many different places. We, I'll tell you one quick story. I was on a trip I used to take called the takeover with a, a big group of folks that go. And we were out at the pool and one of my friends started talking to me about what was going on with her. Mm-hmm. And the more she talked, she was getting emotional. And I had no idea that all these things had been going on with her. And we're out in the pool. Everybody's out there. I said, can I pray with you? And she said, yes. I said, here? She said, yes. We started praying Hmm. right there at the pool. And one of our other friends says, okay, you really just messed me up because I keep those Tammy separate. I have Tammy that comes on vacation with me, (laughs) and I have Reverend Tammy, you know, that's over here. And you just merged them right here out at the pool. But I I said to her, "I'm I'm I'm Tammy, the same Tammy through and through, wherever I show up, mm. wherever I show up. I had a gentleman tell me at a work dinner recently, um, he said, you know, when you introduced yourself, you said who you were. And then you said, and some of you also know, I'm also Reverend Dr. Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a minister. And he said, I was just so, you know, amazed. And I mean, that was so powerful. And, you know, the fact that you're just who you are. And I said, I don't know how to be anybody else. Right. Mm. And I wouldn't be being true to myself if I wasn't that person. And so maybe that's the second thing too, is just, you know, being confident in who you are and moving around in that space, always being who you are, right? Always. I mean, I get people calling me to help somebody with infertility or talk, you know, I get stopped about that when I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never going to be like, oh, I can't talk to you about that right now because I'm not Reverend Wilson right now. Right. I'm over here. No, I'm that person all the time. Mm. So. That is so encouraging. Being authentically you mm-hmm. allows you to just show up and people, either they accept you or they don't. Right. But this is who I am. This is what I believe. And I can still have a good time. Right. Well, I was told when I, when I announced my calling and I was going through my minister and training um, sessions, God knew exactly who you were when he called you. So he doesn't want you to be less feminine. He doesn't want you to not have a sense of humor. You know, he doesn't want you to do anything. You know, he don't want you to sin. I mean, like, I'm, but yeah. he, he wants you to be the person mm-hmm. that you are, you know. So don't stop. Don't feel like you have to stop being who you are in order to be called. He called you because he knew that those things about you draw people to you who might not otherwise be drawn to somebody. So you have a gift. He's using that package that he created. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I accepted my calling, one of the things I was told to do, because I didn't think I, you know, I was fighting it, was to read um, John 15. It's the upper room conversation. And I was to read it like I was having an upper room experience. Mm. And John 15, 16 jumped off the page at me. And it said, I chose you. Mm. And he knew he knows everything I've done in the past, any mistake I'm going to make in the future. He knows all of that. He knows that I like fashion. He knows that I like comedy. 
He chose me with all of that, and he and he wants me to use all of that to help his people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you so much because mm-hmm. I think something else you just said is so impactful too. That when we're not able or when we choose to separate portions of ourselves, that also limits who we can touch and who we can inspire and impact. Because they're looking at you a particular way, Mm -hmm. and that is also where you can minister as well. Yes. Uh, This has been a blessing, (laughs) y'all. This has blessed my life. Um, One of the final questions I have in this section before we move on to the final one is you mentioned showing up where you are Mm -hmm. and often you have been showing up and blessing people on social media so can you talk about what led you to go i have instagram i have social media (laughs) why not why not right so i have to credit my brother i call him my brother um rob gamble rob g the general rob was a dj or is a dj and he was on 97.9 the box and when the pandemic hit he was led, you know, D-Nice was doing all the mm-hmm. disco club stuff, club CQ or quarantine, whatever. And nobody was really doing the gospel thing. And Rob was just convicted by God mm-hmm. to play gospel music. So he called it um, the spiritually sanitized mix. Okay. Get it? Sanitized. So, yes. So the spiritually sanitized mix, he would come on. I would see him on Facebook. He would see me looking, you know, and he would like, hey, Reb, you know, you got a scripture. I'd give him a scripture. And then when he changed platforms, one day he said, well, you know, you could come on screen with me. So I came on. I used to come on right when it was time for me to give the word. Then I started coming on the whole time with him. And it turned into like a show. And when it was people, you know, what time's the show starting? When he and I were like, show? I don't know if it's a show, but we would come on and uh, we would just have so much fun, so much camaraderie. And there were so many people who told us that we really helped them get through the pandemic. Uh, some for for one year we were on every day seven days a week mm. and some days we'd be on for an hour um and we had people who were they would say well I was in the hospital and I would listen to you guys and we'd talk about everything and and Rob you know he's he's in the word as well he's and so we would talk about scripture and I would give the word and then life started moving on and he is not as consistent with coming on because he's doing a lot of different mm-hmm. things. And, but I just felt that God really convicted me that I was supposed to keep doing it. So I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. And I may have to rethink, I've gotten really big. I'm traveling again. And so sometimes I'm at a hotel, you know, wherever I am for work and I'm giving the word of the day from there. And so I tried, I've, it, it's shortened a little bit. Um, but it's, I'm just convicted. I tell the people, it's as much for me, the energy I get from, from them feeling like it's really helping them. And then the camaraderie, mm-hmm. but just also, like I said, when somebody says, Oh my God, I really needed this. And then sometimes I tell them this word might not even be for y'all. Mm. This word, might God wanted me to say it out loud, but it's for me, <laughs> you know? So, um, but I, that's how I got started and that's how it continues. And it's, it's growing. It's uh, growing and, and I'm, you know, I want more followers, but I always tell them I want more followers so I can point more people to God, mm. right? Not so I can be, you know, have this many followers and say I have this many. I want, if it, if it means like the word of God is going out to that many more people, that's a blessing to me. Yeah. That's joy. 
Yeah, that's right. true. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. Really quick while we're talking about it, where can people find your messages? So I do have a YouTube page, but I'm I'm that is one of my aspirational goals is to get more intentional about YouTube. Right now you can find really the most of my lives on Instagram. Okay. Um, and then some of them are also on my Facebook page, but Instagram is the best pe- place and it's uh, R-E-V-D-R Spice underscore, AKA underscore Tamla Wilson. So if you put in Reverend Dr. Spice or if you put in Tamla Wilson, it'll come up too, but I have two pages and that's, that's my public one where I do my lives. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And we'll be sure to tag all of that in the description okay. so you all can subscribe follow so you all don't miss these important important words of encouragement so this has been a blessing as i said before Mm -hmm. but as we move to the final segment which is called the journey ahead Mm -hmm. so as a um a minister as a writer an author a speaker an encourager um as you are seeking the lord for the next phase of your joy journey would you dare share your hope your dreams for the next five years? There are some things that I'm working on, and one of them is a journal. Um, I've already put the name. I haven't finished the journal, but I've put the name out there in um, Amazon, the their book area, so you can't take it. But um, <laughs> it's called um, My Leaves Stay Green. Ooh. And it's from a scripture that talks about um, like a tree planted by the oh, water. By the water. Yeah, mm-hmm. my leaves stay green. And so that's going to be the journal. There will be some merchandise with it. Um, the podcast um, is um, the spice of life. Mm. So just a quick thing. The spice is Avis Blake Thomas, who's no longer with us, was a friend of mine that I did um, my internship with. And um, two other ladies were with us. And Avis would call us the Spice Girls. And that's how we became, you know, and then I mentioned it right when we started doing this um, during the pandemic, when I started going live and they just started calling me Reverend Spice. (laughs) And I actually have a drop because I was doing all this live stuff with a real DJ. We've got drops and all kind of stuff. So for those of y'all that I'm using my radio terminology, but a drop means like when you, when you hear somebody get introduced Mm -hmm. before they speak, that's their drop. So mine was like, and now it's time for the word of the day with Reverend Dr. Spice. I love it. (laughs) And so it's real cool. Um, A guy by the name of Mark Fisher does a lot of that kind of work. And so he did, he did a drop for me. And um, so anyway, we have that is something I would like to do. I would love to, be um, a talk show host. Ooh. And I've actually gotten asked to do something along those lines for an up and coming um, station, which I'll share more about once that's, but that's, if I have more by the time you have this, I'll, I'll give it to you. But anyway, so that that's something I, I'm going to be doing more intentional reels that will be lessons that hopefully will bless people and give them something to work towards because obviously I don't have a whole lot of time. So I do spiritual advising, but I can only take on a limited amount of clients. Mm -hmm. So this will be a way for me to give some of that information out to people um, and help them. So those are some of the things um, that I see myself doing on the, you know, minister um, side, clergy side. This is exciting. Mm Y'all, I love when people are um, pursuing and being open mm-hmm. to everything, all the gifts and skills that God has blessed them with that they are pouring out so that when the end comes, say, I don't know, Lord, I gave it all. I gave it all. 
I gave it all. <laughs> so you mentioned how someone can find you on Instagram and mm -hmm. Facebook and YouTube, and I certainly hope that everyone will do that, get in contact with Reverend Dr. Spice. Um, <laughs> and there, I do have a website, too, yes, which is uh, Tamla Wilson Ministries. That's still, you know, it's it's there, still updating it. Getting it, getting it updated but it's it's there there's there's some content there mm -hmm. very good very good well i am sure um that she has blessed you and because she has certainly blessed me and i want to thank you for joining the podcast and sharing your joy journey can't wait till the journal is released i'm excited about that and thank you so much for having Absolutely. me i think this is a great um, way for people to to talk to you and talk about what they're doing but also to help you you know do what what god has purposed you to do absolutely so. absolutely so please be sure to comment your favorite takeaway how you have been inspired or and encouraged oh if someone wants more information about the waiting room how can they um... so we have a we have a um email address i'm trying to, i think it's just the waiting room at wheeler bc <clears throat> but you can also go to Wheeler's website to find us and get directed to us there. We also have a Instagram page, which is at TWR, Infertility Ministries. Mm. Um, and so those are different ways you can DM us. And then I have an email, a separate email address over and above the waiting room, which is Dr. Tamla Wilson at gmail.com. Excellent. So we will put all of this information mm -hmm. into the description because you are doing amazing work. And I want to make sure folks can reach out to you um, if they need it. But please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. It helps us become more discoverable, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Let us know what has been your greatest takeaway. But until we gather again every single Thursday, may God increase your joy, grant you strength for the journey, and give you the courage to tell your story. Bye, friends.